Hello and welcome to Voice of the Fire. Today I would just like to talk about a few things, mainly the role and the value that we assign to imagination. I would like to start with a quote from the book Breaking the Magic Spell by the scholar Czech Sipes, and the quote is as follows. Beset by a changing world, the Victorian could find stability in the ordered formulary structure of fairy tales. He could be called from his time and place to a soothing other world by the faintly blowing horns of Elfland. He could be taken from the corruptions of adulthood back to the innocence of childhood, from the ugly competitive city to beautiful sympathetic nature from complex morality to the simple issue of good versus evil, from a different reality to a comforting world of imagination. Does that sound familiar? It does sound very, very familiar to me, because these things are still happening today. He could be called from his time and place to a soothing other world, Today, those are not the faintly blowing horns of Elfland, but the train uh, whistling on its way to Hogwarts. This is fantasy as escapism, and as pure escapism, this is the romanticizing of nature. This is the simple issue of good versus evil, the simplicity of a Marvel or a DC comic book movie. And not for nothing have people stated that uh, Victorian, the Victorian era, is probably less, uh, less an, an, an era, less a place in time, but rather a place in the mind that we can go and find our own Victorians and our own inner Victorians at any given time. And it also relegates the imagination to something purely utilitarian. The imagination is something useful, that is, to offer you a place to escape from grim reality. And this is one of the worst things you can do to put them opposite of each other, to treat imagination and reality as polar opposites, because they aren't. This is the same idea of, of good and evil, this is the same idea, the duality of black and white, all of that. Uh, the imagination and reality are not opposites. They arise from each other. If you imagine something, you focus on making it reality, and once it is made reality, it's no longer in your imagination. Like you could imagine that you have a different job, because you are dissatisfied with the job that you have. That doesn't mean you're, you're um, suddenly going into an escapist world, where you imagine that you are sprouting wings, and you are raising yourself up from the floor into the sky. Not at all. You're thinking you want to have a job that satisfies you more than your current job does. 
this is not escapism, you're being reasonable. And you're doing something that is good for yourself. And you can do that. You can give up the job that you currently have and take another one. That's not magic. It's not escapism. It's not fantasy. Yet by treating the imagination and reality as polar opposites, like if you imagine something, you this cannot be real. Or if it is real, it cannot be imagined. This is a, well, um, this is a binary idiocy. Rather understand that the imagination flows into reality as reality flows into imagination. If you write something, you take reality as a basis and then you try to imagine how could it be different or how could it be better or even how could it be worse if you're of a pessimistic um, nature and spin of mind. Beset by a changing world, the Victorian could find stability in the ordered formulary structure of fairy tales. Oh, how much that sounds like the argument that I've heard for comic book movies and why people consume those things. Because they're too afraid of the complicated world. And there again, it is escapism. But even here you have to um, you have to 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 make um, a clear difference between escapism and entertainment. You can look at something and be entertained by its absolute ridiculousness without taking it serious or without thinking that you actually want to live there. And that's you can take this uh, in both ways, of course. The faintly blowing horns of Elfland, though quite often it is that, and people escape into these worlds, into Star Wars, where they debate on whether, you know, you, you all know geek culture. I don't have to, to use too many examples, I think. But like debating in Star Wars, whether it is a certain ship could really fly or what sort of chairs would be in the Millennium Falcon if it were there 20 years earlier and so on, as we probably are going to see when Solo, a Star Wars tale, is coming along. Um, and mm, From a different reality to a comforting world of imagination. That's the other thing. The world of the imagination is not always comforting. Nor should it be. A good imagination challenges you. It makes you feel uneasy and it makes you feel dissatisfied because you know what else could be possible. That is what my imagination quite often does to me. I imagine something and then I wonder, okay, why isn't it like that? And this is also, imagination is a training for a social mind and a socially perceptive mind. Because you wonder why are things the way they are in our society? And all of that comes from the imagination, because I can imagine a different society. Or I can use the imagination as a sort of um, funnel, as a, as a place where I put all my experiences and try to make sense of all of them and spin them together into a, well, a separate society, in a separate world, where all of the quite often contradictory and difficult experiences I have made um, can find a cohesive um, uh, existence, can, 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 can be put together. So I think the imagination is very, very useful. And 
here's the other thing, because when I say useful, most people will think useful. Well, useful. When is it useful? Does it make you money? Because that is the limit of usefulness for many people. If something doesn't make money, if something cannot sustain you, it is not useful. Not speaking of it, that the imagination can be useful from keeping you from going insane or from keeping you from becoming depressed or from keeping you from giving up on life. That is a use of the imagination. Um, money isn't the only useful thing or an escape, um, a drugging of the mind, a temporary drugging of your mind, so you can bear grim reality. Again, reality is only grim if you think of it as the opposite of beautiful, paradisic imagination, which it isn't. These two things, I have to repeat and restate, are interdependent. The faintly blowing horns of Elfland. They can be the next siren you hear outside. These things change from each other. You change from the imagination to reality. You're not always in the same state. Plus, think about that. If you define reality as the, um, one specific mental state, then of course any state diverging from that would be dangerous, would be closer to insanity. But no, reality is the various different states that we go through. Wakefulness, dream, uh, deep thoughtfulness, superficial uh, awareness, focus, inebriation. All of these different states, they are reality. And as such, also what we imagine becomes reality because we imagine it in reality. Nothing that we imagine happens outside of reality because we, sitting here, imagining something, do not suddenly leave reality. Do you see this issue if you imagine it? The imagination as a distraction, the imagination as a tool to be useful for you, to recreate you, to make you into a useful worker again, instead of the imagination as um, a goal in itself, a sharpened tool that can help you make sense of mind, uh, of, of, of mind and of the world, that can help you enjoy your existence. let's um, let's end on on that note that um, let's not look at reality and imagination as two separate states and two separate things can you try using your experiences of reality as well as your imagination to merge the two let me tell you you will arrive at a much much happier and much more content place if you do that and that is all from me for today. I will talk to you again in another episode of Voice of the Fire.